25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Wake up, Israel. Look around and you'll see. 
JM in the AM, Monday morning, heading back to work. Thanks for joining us on this June 29th, the 7th of Tamos. I believe today was supposed to be the first day of Camp Missouri. If things would have gone uh, the way they were going until the middle of March, then today would have been the day that I would have taken off in order to uh, drive up and enjoy a uh, leisurely ride with uh, Gavriel Siegel up to Camp Missouri. Today would have been the day. Uh, but um, because of COVID-19 and because of a uh, a terrible decision made by the governor of the state of New York, a completely ill-advised decision, um, Camp Missoura is not starting today. Hopefully it will start. It might be in a different location, but hopefully it will start in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, if you look at my calendar... Um, today is, of course, the uh, 29th of June, and it was co- supposed to be the first day of Camp Missoura. How do you like that? Huh. I wouldn't have been here this morning. Somebody else would have been doing the show. <laughs> that, that might be a good thing, frankly. Uh, who knows? Um, anyway, welcome to a Monday, a Monday that was supposed to be the first day of Camp Missoura. Instead, the bunks and the shuls and the gyms and the gazebos and the um, basketball courts and hockey courts and the Missouri Dome and the dining room and the bunks are all empty. And the staff cabins, they're all empty. Everything is empty. Instead of the uh, vibrant sound of Jewish children having a wonderful summer and reuniting with their camp, to a degree that if you'd get there this afternoon, it would be as if they never left. That's that's how they, how much they love the campus. Um, unfortunately, that's not happening. It, it is now 18 straight days. Is it 18 or 17? I'd have to check Twitter, frankly. I think it's 18. Let's see, it started on a Friday, so I guess uh, it would be easy to count. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Today's day number 18 of our invitation to uh, Governor Cuomo to discuss the whole camping decision on the air. We've promised that it'll be respectful. Uh, we've even provided him the questions in the op-ed piece that I wrote. But so far, uh, he has no intention, as far as we know, of, uh, of joining us and discussing it. Helping us on helping us, the citizens of New York, whose lives are affected by every decision he makes, um, you know, giving us an opportunity to just understand it better, to just you know, continue with life <clears throat> with a better understanding of what that decision was all about. Anyway, the invitation still stands. It's uh, today's the first day of Camp Missora. Unfortunately, it's not really the first day of Camp Missora. Uh, it was supposed to be the first day of a lot of camps today, and uh, tomorrow I think was the first day that Hask was supposed to be in, in its regular format. I think that was I think that was tomorrow. Am I right? I put it in my uh, calendar as well. Um, yeah, tomorrow was supposed to be the first day of Camp Hask, and Hask, of course, is running programming, but much different than from you know what we remember in terms of what a typical summer looks like. Yeah, so today's a uh, today's a different type of day. Today's a day that we really were looking forward to being up in camp and kicking off day number one and 
watching the children having an amazing time. But unfortunately, in New York State, due to the uh, decision of the governor, uh, all of that, which is so vital, so important, so key to the development of children, unfortunately, that's not happening. This, uh, this, It's not happening today. We'll see what will happen. A lot of camps are moving to different states. Um, they, a lot of camps will be starting later. Some camps have made very clever adjustments, turning themselves into day camps, turning themselves into hospitality uh, facilities. Some camps have really been clever, I must say, in what they've done in this whole uh, this whole thing. Anyway, you heard Yaakov Shweki with Baruch Hashem. Al Yishalel, that was Benny Friedman. Rabbi Baruch Chaitam, before that, Leva Nefesh with Adon Alam. Itchani, that was Avremo, Mayor Sherman, our Monday morning theme song, Masach Hashem, and of course, Regesh, Modaani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Monday on this June 29th, the 7th of Tammuz. <clears throat> 72 degrees, 76% humidity, winds are west at 5 miles per hour. Sunshine this morning, thunderstorms later, and a high of 87. Tonight, clouds and a low of 70. Tomorrow afternoon, thunderstorms and a high temperature of 80 degrees. 81 right now in Yerushalayim, 72 here in New York. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Was there a thunderstorm yesterday or what? <laughs> My gosh. At about 6.30, 7 o'clock yesterday? Wow. Here in lower Manhattan, the skies opened up. Woo! All of a sudden, everything drenched. Hope you made it uh, through safe and sound. A lot of, lot of, um, lot of different safe and sounds. We're hoping for people these days. Hope, hoping you make it home safe and sound as the mobs uh, continue to uh, dominate certain streets in this area. Hope you make it home safe and sound as firecrackers are used to uh, maim and murder in uh, in the New York area. Hope you're making it home safe and sound when the weather gets as crazy as it is and it's hard to drive in the weather we had last night. I hope you're making it home safe and sound. Difficult to depend on uh, on authorities to uh, to help out right now. Honestly, I don't know if I could blame them. It's one of the topics I'll discuss with Caroline Glick, who's expected about 90 minutes from now here at JM in the AM. We'll speak with Caroline Glick this morning. She wrote an interesting article about Black Lives Matter and also had an interesting point of view regarding Jewish leadership at this time. We'll discuss all that with her at about 8 o'clock Eastern time. Caroline Glick coming up here at JM in the AM. Interesting times we're living in. A big thank you going out to uh, Mayor Weingarten, who was here Thursday, and Matis Weingast, who was here Friday. Uh, on Thursday, eventually, after a couple of um, clerical debacles that I would love to discuss on the air, but I-, I don't have the nerve to do it. I wish I did have the nerve to do it because there's a uh, there's somebody out there in the medical field responsible for my surgery almost being canceled. Nobody who had anything directly to do with my surgery, not my surgery or anything like that. Um, but at, at the moment, I'm not saying anything, but we'll see what happens when I speak to them later on today. Um, but finally, on Thursday, I did have the uh, elbow surgery that I had been uh, speaking about. A difficult area of the body to have surgery performed on the point of the elbow, difficult. And I've had a lot of surgeries, and mostly on my feet, as you know. Um, Well, then, yeah, and plus the shoulder, right. 20 years ago already on the shoulder, wow. Anyway, um, 
So the elbow, a very, very interesting place to have surgery. Let me tell you, very interesting. <laughs> and and on Thursday night, um, uh, with all the surgeries I've had uh, during my lifetime, thank God all successful. Um, well, actually, one wasn't, but it was corrected in the next surgery. Uh, <laughs> with all the surgeries I've had, I don't remember the pain uh, of any of them the way I had it Thursday night to the point that I actually had to take something, which is very unlike me, frankly, with all the stuff I put into my body in terms of uh, herbs and tablets every day, uh, which, you know, has been a running joke here for God knows how many decades. Um, I really, I try to avoid the painkillers and I had no choice on Thursday night. And I was, I was in my living room screaming Friday morning at 4 a.m. <laughs> it is so painful, but thank God once that uh, subsided, uh, sometime Friday morning, thank God since then, it's only been uncomfortable. It's not the easiest thing to sit here with the uh, with the very, very large dressing on this. Uh, on this. Oh, maybe th- maybe during the daily thread, I'll show everybody the dressing. It's a, it's a big dressing. It'll finally come off uh, at some point tomorrow. And then these staples that are holding my uh, elbow together will come out sometime next week. That's the plan. Anyway, a big thank you to both Mayor and uh, Amatis for sitting in so that I could have this done. And um, and it's good to be back. And I'm, 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 I'm glad, in all honesty, I, I wasn't sure there for a while. On Friday especially, I wasn't sure I'd be able to come in this morning and actually do a show. But, um, you know, except for the restriction of the actual dressing, which is pretty restrictive, uh, I am able to move the arm, etc. So, anyway, if you're having elbow surgery, speak to me first. You know me. I consider myself an expert at anything I go through. (laughs) You want to know about endoscopies? Speak to me first. (laughs) You want to know about foot surgery? Speak to me first. Now, if you want to know about elbow surgery, certainly speak to me first. Um, Anyway. So, again, a thank you to Mayor and Matis. Great to be back, and I thank you all for tuning in here at JM and the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. I got a greetings from Paris yesterday. Hey, Parisian listener who te- who um, posted on our app a comment at 106 Eastern time yesterday afternoon. Let us know who you are. Are you visiting Paris? Do you live in Paris? Be in touch. Nahum at NahumSiegel.com. Yeah, be in touch. Listener Arnie says, welcome back. Hope all went well. Yeah, thank you, Arnie. Like I said, after that Thursday night pain, I uh, started feeling a whole lot better. And listen to Yitzchak with uh, greetings as well. Thank you very, very much. And thanks to all of you for your good wishes. Much appreciated. Uh, so Caroline Glick later on. Also Rachel Friedman, who is um, the head of Lamdenu. They've announced their new program, which is going to be happening via Zoom. I think it begins on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. We'll speak with her coming up here at JM in the AM. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. A lot going on. And today is the first day of Camp Missora, but it's not the first day of Camp Missora because uh, Camp Missora was scheduled to start today, but unfortunately it's an empty campus because of the governor's decision. It's a campus up in Guilford, New York, that stays empty, along with many other summer camps in New York, by the way, unfortunately. Shlomo Katz is out with song number two of the 40 that he promised in honor of his 40th birthday. It's called Toda. You're listening to JM in the AM. 
שמעתם על רבי נחמן? עכשיו תשמעו את השיר. אני רוצה לראות את הידיים באוויר.
Ruvain Garber at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and AlchemSingle.com, and the AlchemSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Oh, got a light sound in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up and plenty more happening on a Monday. Caroline Glick, one hour from now on JM in the AM. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday follows next. We say Boker Toe from Jam in the AM. Galay Tzal, Mirushalayim, Asha'a 2, Shalom Rav, Khan Rani Avnai, Ima Shekorei Akshav. לקראת תאריך היעד לריבונות, מתחזקים המסרים האמריקנים, ולפיהם מחלת הריבונות תהיה מצומצמת, ובקעת הירדן תישאר מחוץ למפות שיאושרו. הביאה את הפרטים כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרה פולברג. על פי אותם מסרים שמועברים לרשות הפלסטינית, החלת הריבונות תהיה חלקית בלבד, ובקעת הירדן תישאר מחוץ למפות. גורם פלסטיני שמעורה בדיונים אומר לנו, אמנם טוענים בפנינו כי המהלך יהיה חלקי, אך מבחינתנו זה לא משנה סיפוח חלקי או מלא, לא מוכנים לשום צעד כזה, כלשונו. לקראת הגבלות חדשות, קבינט הקורונה דן בשעה זו בהתפרצות המחודשת של הנגיף ובהגבלות החדשות שיש להטיל. במקביל נמשכת העלייה במספר החולים מאז חצות, ובחנו 159 חולים חדשים. מספר החולים קשה עלה בשבעה בני אדם ועומד על 46 מתוכם 24 מונשמים. מחאת אנשי עולם התרבות והאירועים החלה לפני כשעה מול משרד האוצר. במקביל להתכנסות הקבינט, מאות מפגינים. פוקדים את המקום ושורפים ציוד הגברה ותאורה. כוחות הביטחון מנסים כעת לכבות את האש. לינדה אביטן, בעלת חברת תאורה והגברה, שורחה עם יעל דן בגלי צה"ל. אם אתם חושבים שתתישו אותנו בכך שכל יום תגידו לי, רגע, אנחנו לומדים את הנושא, זה לא יעבוד. זה לא יעבוד, המדינה פה תתהפך עליהם. מה לא ברור כאן? מה לא ברור? תשלמו! ידידיה אפשטיין, הנייר בן 14, שנעצר בסוף השבוע בעיר העתיקה ונאזק לאורך הלילה על ידי השוטרים, מספר לאמיר איבגי בגלי צה"ל על הרגעים הקשים. לפני השער שכם, ביקשתי להתדבר עם קצין, אמרתי, אם לא מגיע קצין, אני לא זרק פה. מגיע קצין מגב, שליחו אותי על הרצפה, מכניסים אותי לתוך שירותים, ולא הולכתי שמה ואיים עליי שאם אני אבכה, אני אצבול יותר. אז חשבתי שהוא רצח אותי אפילו, ממש החלטתי מאוד שמה. ומהמשטרה נמסר בתגובה לאירוע. אנחנו מקפידים על זכויותיהם וכבודם של נחקרים לצד הצורך להגיע לחקר האמת, וכך היה גם במקרה הזה, בניגוד מוחלט לנטען, החשוד נעצר לאחר שהפר את הסדר הציבורי, התייעץ עם עורך דין טרם החקירה, קיבל ארוחת בוקר, ואביו עודכן בהתאם. בעלת המניות בפוקס שוקלת לתבוע את הבעלים הראל ויזל ודירקטורים נוספים בחברה בעקבות ההחלטה לוותר על המענק מהמדינה. כתבנו לענייני כלכלה, ניתאי הנביא. בדיווח פוקס לבורסה נכתב כי בעלת מניות טוענת שלא היה מקום לחלק מרווחי החברה, ברקע החשש שמגפת הקורונה תתעצם ותביא לנזק כלכלי משמעותי. ההחלטה הזו הביאה את פוקס לוותר על מענק מהמדינה בסך 13 עד 18 מיליון שקלים ולנזק תדמיתי. בפוקס טוענים שההחלטות הן לטובת החברה וכלל בעלי המניות, והם בוחנים את הטענות מבחינה משפטית. מכאן למזג האוויר, ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
J.M. and the A.M. Well, for those of you paying attention to the app, you'll see why we played that song. Listener Sarah wrote, please play Sivavon from Yiddish Nachas in honor of the bris of my great nephew. I'll be celebrating later this morning. Mazel up to Maishi and Kayla Kalish upon the upcoming bris of their son. And we say Mazel tov from all of us here at J.M. in the A.M. Also, I take this opportunity to wish a Mazel tov to my niece and nephew out in California. Um... Chani and Akiva Naiman celebrated last week the birth of a, a brand new baby girl. We say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Her name, by the way, Zohara Rina Menucha Naiman. Zohara Rina Menucha Naiman. That is their uh, their baby girl. And we say Mazal Tov to them and, of course, to um, Chief of Staff. Rabbi Egal Siegel and his wonderful wife, Robertson Rifke Siegel. And, uh, of course, to the Namans. And, of course, to the Oakland, California Namans. After all, they're the parents, Hani and Akiva. Mazal tov from all of us here at JMNAM. And then this morning I woke up to the news that my niece and nephew, uh, Dvorah and Shlomo Siegel, um, they had a brand-new baby boy. So we say Mazal Tov to uh, Babby and Rabbi Nate Siegel. And, of course, to the extended uh, family of Shlomo and Devorah from all of us here at the JM and the AM. So thank God we've got a lot of uh, a lot of good news to share. Baruch Hashem. And uh, <clears throat> we say Mazal Tov to uh, everybody from all of us here at JM and the AM. Um, did I say boy? Devora and Shlomo had a uh, brand new baby boy. Did I say boy? I hope I said boy, because that's what they had. <laughs> so that bris, please God, uh, coming up, uh, I assume, the beginning of uh, next week. Mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, so thank you, listener Sarah, for kicking off all those mazal tov wishes. Much appreciated. Uh, I want to thank, speaking of appreciate, I want to thank and appreciate uh, Mayor Weingarten and Matis Weingast for sitting in Thursday and Friday. My show, my elbow surgery, I'm confusing the surgeries. My elbow surgery took place last Thursday. And uh, thank God, after uh, one night of uh, extreme pain and discomfort, now we're, now we're just up to the uh, uncomfortable, <laughs> the uncomfortable uh, stage. That first night was insane. I know I should have taken some painkillers. I get the whole thing, believe me. Um, I, I took, but not the ones I should have taken. Let's put it that way. Should have taken a little bit stronger. Anyway, uh, thank God I am back, and thank God uh, things ran smoothly in my absence, and I thank them both very, very much for, uh, for keeping things going. Uh, coming up 40 minutes from now, Caroline Glick's going to join us. Caroline Glick, she has an interesting article out on Black Lives Matter and the Jewish community. Uh, Caroline Glick coming up 8 o'clock Eastern time right here at JM in the AM. Monday morning, the 72 degrees, sunshine this morning, then thunderstorms this afternoon, high temperature of 87. Uh, we'll talk about Lamdenu coming up with uh, Rachel Friedman, who's going to join us. That program k- kicks off again in just a couple of days, and we'll talk about that and how it's going to operate via via Zoom, and a special good morning to uh, Malky and Dr. Mayor Sinensky. I was in touch with Malky yesterday when I saw the big news regarding Lamdenu. So we'll talk about that coming up at the JM and the AM.
This is brand new from the group Yidden featuring Maishi Tischler. It's JM in the AM.
Band is called Yidin, and uh, they feature Maishi Tischler, and that's brand new. Uh, they uh, sent that out a couple of weeks back. You may remember we debuted it here at JMNAM. Monday morning as we head back to work with sunshine this morning and thunderstorms this afternoon, a high of 87. Well, today was supposed to be the first day of Camp Missouri. I wouldn't even have been here today. I would have been traveling with Gavri Siegel up to Guilford, New York, which has been a tradition for the last many, many years. Uh, his final year on the campus as a camper. But um, unfortunately, uh, due to the decision, the ill-advised decision of uh, Governor Cuomo, New York camps are not open, except for the ones that were clever enough to think of ways to stay open. Call like a vote to them. Um, and we are uh, we are waiting. We're waiting for uh, Camp Missouri to announce exactly what their intentions are. They have announced that they will be opening. The question is exactly where, and that uh, information should be out in the next couple of days. And uh, what a shame that the kids can't be back on the campus that they remember. And for 18 days now, we've been inviting the governor of the state of New York to discuss this issue on the air. We've even provided uh, to him the uh, questions that we'd ask, which is completely out of character for Nahum Siegel, frankly. Um, but he has not uh, acknowledged any of that, and he has not agreed, certainly, 
uh, to be on the air and discuss any of it with us here at JM in the AM. What a shame, what a shame, what a shame. Uh, my thanks to both uh, Mayor and Matis for taking over last week. Good to be back on a Monday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zecher Nishmas Harav and Esther Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Talmud Bavli, Mishachara Besamikdosh, when the Besamikdosh lied in ruins, Upasku Ancheamana, the men of great faith ceased to exist. Hagon of Chaim Kanievsky says, if a person believes something, believes Shalim with a complete heart, it helps and that particular thing in which they're going to believe will come true. Miskayemes b'schus ha-shoel, it will all be fulfilled in the merit of the person that asks, Shema min bemuna shalema, that believes with a perfect faith, Shemilas chacham miskayemes, that the words of the chachamim will be fulfilled. The Maral comments that if a person is doeg, if they're upset or they're worried about what they're going to have tomorrow, so then the individual is mikatne amuna. They are from those that have little belief. It says, kol whoever has bread in their basket, ve'oimer ma'ochalamachar, but says, what am I going to have to eat tomorrow? Those are the ones that have little faith. Rabbi Yisachar Doiv, the Rebbe of Bells once said, the kavana is that a person has to know that even at a time when it appears that he has everything that he needs, he should not be muftach, he should not be so sure. He has to pray to be mispalo, that even that which he has right now should remain with him and not be taken away, chas v'shalom. The one who only is asking, ma'uchalamachar, what am I going to eat tomorrow? He's only worried about tomorrow. He is muftach. He's already sure that whatever he has today is going to stay with him. There was a great devastation in Warsaw between the world wars. There was a severe food shortage, and people were literally starving to death. A person who could bring home a little bit of food considered it to be very fortunate. People would eat the minimum in order to make whatever they had last as long as possible. The brisker Rav would eat whatever he had and would not limit himself to save food for the next day. He constantly worked on his bitachon. Like we learn, whoever has bread in their basket for today. In sharp contrast, his son, Rabbi Yosef Dov, ate nothing. He would only eat the hard crust of bread that his father, the briskerav, could not chew. The briskerav gave him musr. He told him the only reason they didn't have enough was because he insisted on eating only the crust and not his share of the bread. If you would eat as much bread as you needed, we would have enough for both of us. However, his son, Rabbi Yosef Dov, continued his practice. He only ate the crust. Years later, he explained, he did not want to be a Baal Bitochon on his father's cheshben. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizek. 
Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. on a Monday morning. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. Well, Lamdenu starts uh, this week, and it's a wonderful opportunity to register at lamdenu.org and to get involved in some of the amazing courses that take place. The classes are all taking place via Zoom, as you would suspect, uh, because of the current situation. And Dean Rachel Friedman, who uh, runs and leads Lamdenu, is with us live via telephone. Dean Friedman, welcome back to J.M. and the A.M. Thank you, thank you, Nachum, so much. Long time no speak. That's correct. And I just want to say, first and foremost, that I hope you and your family and community are healthy and well. Appreciate <laughs> Thank appreci- you for having me. Appreciate that very much. As I've always said over the last few months, God has been very generous to us, and please, God, believe I and her that should continue. And I hope you and everybody in your life is doing well as well. Uh, how long has Lamdenu been around now? Lamdenu has been around, my goodness, is it almost six years? Pretty amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. I think it's almost six years. And norm- oh, my goodness. It's almost our birthday. And normally? That we started June 30th, 2014, and I forgot. You you reminded me of Lamdenu's birthday. Thank you. You're going to have to Thank order you. a cake now. Uh, and uh, uh, normally, of course, these classes and courses take place at Congregation Beth Aaron in Teaneck, New Jersey. The schedule that we are... Uh, uh, speaking about this morning, um, uh, which um, uh, which begins really at the at the very beginning of July, this coming Wednesday, uh, this will all be done via Zoom, correct? Yeah, since Purim, Lamdenu is on Zoom, right? Remember when I was little, there was a there was a television show called Zoom, 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 a Zoom. I remember that show. And- that's what we are. We are Zoom, 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 Zoom every <laughs> single day. Uh, I have to say that thanks to the efforts of my program director, S.T. Maylow, and our wonderful students and our wonderful teachers, we haven't missed a day. So many people want to learn every day, and I see that as a silver lining or a gold lining or a platinum lining of this challenging situation that we are in that teachers and students zoom in to learn from all over the world. And that's a very special thing. It's as if we needed to have this challenge in order to realize that we can learn together all over the globe with the technology that we have. I have to note that I personally still prefer to be in a Beit Midrash physically. I miss it very much. I'm a people person, but I really am grateful to the technology that has empowered and enabled Lamdenu to continue through this challenging time. And I'm very inspired by the devotion and the dedication of our students and our teachers. So that's that's my spiel. And I'm also happy to talk about uh, our wonderful schedule. Do I have the go-ahead to talk about it? Uh, we, de- we definitely um, will. I know that you're kicking things off this Wednesday, a course or a lecture entitled Sons and Daughters of the Wilderness, Pin and Benos Tzlofcha. That's an that's an individual lecture, correct? Yes, that's an individual lecture. You like the title? I like it a lot. And... <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> that's what we do. I have a good one for you today. Can I tell you? Yes. Uh, the two classes that we have today that you may not see on the schedule because today is the last or next to na- next to last day of the June schedule. Right. So one class is my own, which is um, a Parshanut HaMikra Sefer Bereshit class called How Did Yitzchak and Rivka Meet? 
and that's today from 10.15 to 12.30. And guess the next one. Let's see if you can pronounce this. The class following is part of a series called Scholars, Wives, and Witches, Women in the Talmud, and today's class from Israel, I believe from Hashmonaim or Modi'in with Hanalach and Bob, my very good friend, is Which Witch is Witch? <laughs> very good. I thought you would enjoy that. Very... I called her to Israel just to find out what the title was, and I was rewarded. It's very, a good one, huh? <laughs> very clever titles. Dean Rachel Friedman is with us, Lamdenu. On the first topic, there's no way Yitzhak and Rifka met through a Zoom meeting, right? There's no way that Zoom dating was the norm in those days. I guess not, although I have to say she traveled the distance. She traveled the distance. That's true. Uh, it, it's fascinating how far she traveled, you know, to meet someone she'd never met before. Uh, she would, If she knew about today's technology, she would have lamented the effort that she had to make in order to meet That's him. Right. Huh? And after traveling that far, I guess it's a good thing that she fell in love with him. 67 verses in Perak Haftalat in chapter 24 right. of Sefer Breshit. 67, and we're up to verse 67 today. Halfway, so. halfway through the journey, she may have just convinced herself <laughs> she's going to fall in love with him no matter what after that <laughs> effort. You know, when you, when you invest that much into a relationship, you can convince yourself of anything, you know. <laughs> you I added an extra class because after 67 Psukim verses of this chapter I figured we had to finish this story we're not continuing it next year so we're going to finish it up today but great things coming the rest of the week so let me tell you a little bit about what's coming up go ahead yeah sure go ahead Okay, excellent. Okay, so as you pointed out, uh, the new semester starts Wednesday with right. Sons and Daughters of the Wilderness, Pinchas and Benot Slovchad, which right. will be, um, I think, an interesting and fun she-or. And then Thursday, we have Hillel and Shammai, the real story, Ooh. at 11 a.m., coming from Chicago with Rabbanit Sarah tillinger Walkenfeld. A four-week so course. The real story of Hillel and Shammai. A four-week course. Cool. For those of you who think you can knock it off in one week, it's impossible. It's a very nah, detailed nah, nah. story. And then we have, and this is going on now, also, Parshat HaShavua through a Midrashic lens. And that's with Dr. Champ, Tammy Jacobowitz, who actually has a Ph.D. in Midrash. So that's fascinating. Right. Um, I know uh, I personally am a proponent of plain sense of the text and shot. Um, and Tammy takes us on a very interesting and very different direction. So it's a, it's a fascinating way to study the Parsha. Next Tuesday, we have this every year. I hope you remember this, Nachum. We have a Torah Nashim series right. every summer, and this year it's on Tuesday. It's Torah by women, but it's open to men and women, right? So Torah Nashim is not to suggest that it's only for women. Right. And we have three fascinating shiurim. First, Ora Weinbach on July 14, Cracking Keynote, How to Find Modern Meaning in Medieval Poetry. And then July 21st, The New Normal, Reconstruction After Hurban Bayit Rishon. And finally, July 28th, Migilat Echa. Uh, and, oh, the second one was by Aliza Dan and Kaplan. And then Migilat Echa, A Perspective on Suffering with Dr. Danielle Bloom. So that's our Torah Nashim Three Weeks, Bein HaMitzarim series that is on Tuesdays. Uh, and what did I skip? Oh, Thursdays, we have uh, at 11 a.m. every Thursday, Parshat HaShavua through Midrash. 
and Wednesdays we have with Rabbi Chaim Angel. Ah, finally we have a man teaching here, Rabbi Chaim Angel. <laughs> he teaches for us all the time and is wonderful. Yoel, Nachum, and Safanya. So it's a real opportunity to learn Nevi'ah Machronim from an expert. And then our beloved Shira Shayowitz, who started Lamdenu with me, um, and she's coming back this summer to teach Haftarat HaShavua. That's a wonderful opportunity when you're sitting in shul and, you know, everyone thinks about the Parsha, but what about the Haftorah? you got to get to know the Haftarah. So we have an exciting, jam-packed schedule coming up, and you can join us every day on Zoom and learn the day away. All right, everybody, Lamdenu, you can study in depth and be inspired. You have the individual lectures, plus you have the Tuesday series that has uh, that uh, goes on for three weeks in a row this uh, July. Uh, you have the Wednesday series four weeks in a row starting July the 8th. And those are two series on Wednesday. And you have two series on two, on Thursday that start July 2nd this coming Thursday and go for four weeks in a row as well. You could uh, register for individual classes or or for the uh, full course. Plus, remember, Lamdenu uh, asks you to consider dedicating a shear for a yard site, a simcha, for a fuashlema for somebody. Uh, that is uh, also one of the things that you could do in order to support the great work of Lamdenu and keep them going um, with their incredible July 2020 schedule. Information about all of this, you can email lamdenu613 at gmail.com, lamdenu613 at gmail.com. Uh, and you can also go to the website, lamdenu.org, lamdenu.org. All classes are via Zoom. The new semester, quote-unquote, uh, starts this coming Wednesday with uh, Dean Friedman's presentation about Pinchas and Benot Slavchad. Uh, so you have an amazing opportunity to to join in, um, take one course or one lecture just to see what it's like, or certainly sign up for the full complement of the entire schedule for July of 2020. Go to lamdenu.org, lamdenu.org for information. Dean Rachel Friedman, as always, we wish you another wonderful semester of uh, spreading oh. spreading tremendous Torah study in our community. Thank you. And Nachum, you have always been so wonderful and inspiring. I thank Malki Semensky, our wonderful mutual friend, for connecting us. I admire the work you do every day. And again, I'm, I'm grateful to hear that you're well uh, and always have such fun speaking with you. Much appreciated. So Lehitraot is right. Thank you so much for joining us. Lamdenu.org, everybody. Take advantage. Take advantage. 17 minutes before 8 o'clock, you're listening to JM in the AM. Coming up at 8 a.m., Caroline Glick at JM in the AM.
Monday morning, jam in the a.m. as we head back to work. Thanks for joining us, everybody. It was supposed to be day one of Camp Missora, and uh, I normally would not have been here because day one I'm usually traveling up to Camp Missora. Uh, but as you know, because of the uh, actions, the ill-advised actions of the governor of the state of New York, uh, Camp Missora is closed. Its campus is empty. Its uh, bunks and buildings and gazebos and Missora Dome and Dining Hall are all completely shut down. No campers, no staff. And um, Camp Missora is trying to make alternate plans, as many of you are aware. You heard the interview, I'm sure, last week when uh, Ari and Dina Katz were on. Um a lot of other camps have been creative in trying to either stay open or head to other states, to their credit. And uh, we've now, for 18 consecutive days, invited the governor of the state of New York to uh, speak about this whole policy regarding camps on the air. We've even provided the questions for him, which is unprecedented that we would do that. Uh, but so far, he has not uh, acknowledged it, nor has he uh, made a commitment to come on and discuss it. So that's the story as of now. Hopefully the court system will uh, change things quickly. If not, then I guess plan B will be in effect for the New York State summer camps, whether that means closing completely or it means going to a different state or it means being creative in the way they open up, whatever it is. That's what we are assuming. Monday morning, JM and the AM. My thanks to both Matis and uh, Mayor, Mayor Weingarten, who's going to be on, by the way, at 9 o'clock this morning with the Israel Show for sitting in during my uh, elbow surgery uh, absence. I thank them very, very much. By the way, what was for dinner last night, you may ask? A&H hot dogs. And boy, oh boy, were they delicious. A&H hot dogs. And yes, they were absolutely delicious. Uh, I bring this up because this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best. And now they are available their delicious hot dogs are available in Trader Joe's nationwide. 503 stores nationwide. Trader Joe's. Is it 403 or 503? Maybe it was 403. Anyway, whatever number of Trader Joe's stores there are nationwide, that's how many of them are carrying A&H hot dogs. So keep that in mind. And also go to kosherdogs.net. Kosherdogs.net. Save 10% when you use promo code radio. Kosherdogs.net. Um, yeah, A&H, dinner was delicious last night. Hey, our friends at Arts Grow remind everybody there's only two days left, today and tomorrow, to take advantage of their June 25% off everything sale. 25% off everything in the month of June when you go to artsgrow.com or when you visit one of their retailers. Again, 25% off everything either, again, at the uh, retailers or at uh, artsgrow.com. So check that out. And enjoys a lot of great uh, books, a lot of wonderful publications that are available right now. And you'll see them uh, on the website and in your stores. Caroline Glick joins us five minutes from now. Caroline Glick's very outspoken regarding the silent American Jews. And we'll speak to her about that and plenty more. Caroline Glick joining us coming up in the next few minutes right here at JM in the AM. I got a note here from our friends in Florida Mazel tov to our very grown-up grandson, Yisrael Zev Gifter of Staten Island, and receiving your sitter last week. We know you'll use it to daven well every day. We're so proud of you. We're especially impressed that you look like a real yeshiva bacher with your jacket, tie, and hat. And mazel tov to Yisrael Zev's big sister, Rachelea, on her graduation yesterday from RJJ. It was a beautiful program, and even though we couldn't celebrate with you in person, it gave us so much 
so much nachas to see how much you've accomplished. Now it's on to high school. We love you tons and can't wait to see you in person whenever that is. With much love from Bubby and Zadie, Florida. We know them, of course, as uh, Listener Cena and Mr. Listener Cena down in Florida. Monday morning broadcast, JM in the AM with the Oni Z. J.M. in the A.M. Yoni Z. La Netzach wrapping up hour number two at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Monday morning broadcast, heading back to work, and thanks so much for joining us, everybody. My thanks to both Mayor and Matis for taking over at the end of uh, last week. Uh, Caroline Glick is with us live via telephone. I thank her for uh, agreeing to join us this morning. She is a, a brilliant columnist, an incredible author. She is um, 
Uh, she has most recently written about the silent American Jews. Why are American Jews refusing to stand up for themselves? Caroline Glick, welcome back to JM in the AM. Oh, it's great being back on your show. Thanks. I appreciate I appreciate that. Great to have you on. Why has so much anti-Semitism seeped into the Black Lives Matter protest demonstrations? Well, I think that Black Lives Matter, as I wrote in my in my latest column, is really a, um, structurally anti-Semitic. I think they have um, they have. Uh, anti-Semitism woven into the cloth of their anti-Americanism. So when you read their platform, it's not just that they are anti-Israel per se, but along with everything else that they do, they also oppose Israel. It's that um, uh, opposing Israel is part of their opposition to the United States. Uh, They blame American support for Israel for racism. They say that um, uh, supplying Israel with arms, the United States is enlarging the military-industrial complex, taking jobs overseas, making American citizens complicit with Israel's crimes, which they claim include genocide and apartheid, and that because the United States is, is spending so much money on its military-industrial complex, it doesn't have any money for social welfare programs. So as, as they see it, uh, uh, black people in the United States are because of American support for Israel. They see a link to it. It's insane, and it has no basis in fact, including Israel's alleged crimes have no basis in fact. But they've woven together this entire uh, tapestry in which Israel and the Jews who support Israel are part and parcel of this evil America and, in fact, responsible for it, that American support for Israel is, is sort of the original sin, along with, I guess, other original sins. But the way that they portray it, there's not a specific section on Israel in the Black Lives Matter platform. Instead, it's part of a, of a, of a position paper on American uh, military-industrial complex, military budgets. And so it's, it's seen as part of a greater whole of American evil. Caroline Glick is with us live via telephone. With that in mind... It is absurd, uh, and, and the, the, the truth is, I'm sure you would use even stronger words than that, for anyone who cares about Israel to in any way support the Black Lives Matter creed, correct? Yes, and I'll tell you something else that's sort of, uh, not sort of, it's very disheartening. Um, you, you find an, an intense desire to deny this among American Jews so that, I can't tell you how many times I've been uh, tweeting about this and, and writing about this over the past several weeks, and um, I and I get more and more demands, angry demands for proof that claim I'm lying. You're lying. You're lying. And so, a few weeks ago, um, I first thing I did because what happened was Black Black Lives Matter removed their removed their uh, platform from the Internet. All of the links from 2016 that, that were placed when, when, the platform, when the platform was initially published were removed, okay? 
So I said, um, I said, I said, look, the platform itself isn't there. Here are quotes from uh, contemporary articles that came out about the platform. And then a reader sent to me their new place where their platform now appears. So I posted that. They said, well, we can't find it. We don't see it. We don't see it. So what I did was several weeks later, I posted it on my on my Facebook page, and I gave all of the actual quotes from the platform. Well, this is called the Movement for Black Lives. That's not Black Lives Matter. Matter, but the movement for Black Lives is even larger than Black Lives Matter. It encompasses Black Lives Matter and another 19 organizations. So the point is, is that each time they were denying, uh, I've, I mean, dozens and dozens of angry emails uh, saying, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying. Not only do they not want to know the truth, but they actively deny it. And and they accuse me of lying for pointing it out. So this is, I'm getting very, very dramatic reactions uh, from American Jews uh, to the truth. They don't want to know. Yeah, I hear that. Um, and, and I think that there's really two factors when it comes to that. Number one, there really are plenty of Jews who are sincerely... Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 sincerely taking the position that Black Lives Matter is taking, uh, whether it's the media that's convincing them or their own Jewish guilt that's demonstrating it. Uh, they just feel that the, the cause is just and that they need to be behind this just cause. Uh, the other piece to it, though, is the media. And, and you do allude to it. And I know that, that you are frustrated uh, as you write about it. And believe you me, anyone who's uh, affiliated with the Jewish community here who cares is frustrated as well, that there was basically no reaction to the pogrom in Los Angeles, the one that destroyed synagogues and storefronts, the ones that were uh, the, the, the attacks that were literally targeting uh, Jewish establishments. Uh, it is very, very difficult, uh, as you know from Jewish history, to deal with state-sponsored anti-Semitism. It's almost impossible. And reacting to it usually even makes it worse if we look at modern Jewish history. Um, now, I'm not claiming that now we are dealing with a situation of state-sponsored anti-Semitism. I wouldn't dare say that about the United States. But when there are government officials and police who are reluctant to act and speak up, and when the media is convincing everybody that there is a just cause that if you dare are against it or dare question it, you are an you yourself are a racist or somebody who doesn't belong in this country. That's a tremendous amount of pressure. I'm not trying to excuse Jewish leadership. Believe you me, I'm just as frustrated with them as you are. But they are up against a, 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 what what seems to be a real losing battle here. You know, I I I think that uh, I mean I don't disagree with you. I think that it's it's very daunting the challenge, and I'll tell you more than that. You know, when you look at, you don't have strong Jewish leadership uh, fighting for Jewish rights in the Democratic Party. So, right. for instance, Elliot Engel, right. who was just defeated by a Black Lives Matter supporter, Jamal Bowman, um, he, over the past few years, and also Nita Lowy, they were not fighting the anti-Semites that were rising in their party. Right. He didn't make that big of a fuss right. when Ilhan Omar was placed in the Foreign Affairs Committee. Right. And um, he is trying to cater to uh, J Street and uh, tempering his opposition to American aid uh, to uh, the Palestinian Authority, despite their finance of terrorism. So he was he was uh, hedge clipping to try to go along to get along. So when you don't have strong leaders among Democratic Jews who are calling people out for this, you know the, the National Jewish Democratic uh, uh, what the, the Jewish Democratic. Um, uh, 
group body inside of the uh, Democratic Party, um, they refused to endorse um, Ilhan Omar's primary opponent. So you see that there isn't a strong Jewish voice, so that makes it very difficult. Um, But what's really unforgivable is is the uh, desire of the Jews to join the jackals, right. to join them, to to demand that the Jewish community stand with Black Lives Matter, to pretend that there are communal uh, uh, that there there is communal guilt right. for anti-black racism when the opposite is the case. The American Jews, especially you know liberal Jews, took leading roles in the civil rights movement and in the support of black institutions in the United States. Uh, really from the get-go, and so there is no communal uh, guilt to try to expunge. And they're taking this on, which is not fair to themselves or to their children, and they're also lying to themselves about the nature of Black Lives Matter. And just to give you a sense, you were talking about whether state-supported anti-Semitism, it's really uh, institutionally-supported anti-Semitism. I'm writing a book right now about the American Jewish community, um, and I'm Looking at you know Jewish uh, communities through history, and one of the things that I noticed just recently in my research, I was looking at the Dreyfus uh, case in France in 1895, and interestingly, that really spurned, uh, that spawned, I mean, the the institutional anti-Semitism uh, on the French right. It, uh, it institutionalized as opposed to just the positions of a few. But um, it was the Jewish community's attempt at all costs before the Dreyfus affair to try to curry favor with an increasingly anti-Semitic establishment in France. So, for instance, in 1891, the French signed a secret uh, defense pact with Tsarist Russia, and this was at the height of the the, uh, pogroms. And uh, the French uh, synagogues in Paris said a prayer for the Tsar to try to show what patriots they were. And what was interesting about that was that the anti-Semites thought that they were pathetic and lying, so that even when they went out of their way to pray for and celebrate the most active and dangerous anti-Semitic leader on the face of the planet at that time, Tsar Alexander III, the reason there's a large American Jewish community, because he forced them all out of Russia, um, you have... You have the Jews in France trying to celebrate them, and nobody takes them seriously. And I think that the Jews who are celebrating this structurally anti-Semitic Black Lives Matter movement are making fools of themselves and the community, and they are increasing the contempt that people on the left feel towards American Jews. They're not winning any friends. They're making their enemies feel even greater contempt for them. They're not going to change anybody's minds about Jews. They're only going to increase their hatred. No question about it. Plus, I'm sure you're aware of what's going on with the police forces here in the major cities, really, around the entire country. I mean, at this point, the only way to... uh, for anybody to, to secure the businesses in Los Angeles that are Jewish-owned is for volunteers, as they are right now, you know, taking up arms, literally, and, you know, and, and taking shifts day and night in order to protect the establishments. You cannot depend on the police force. I'm not, I'm not even blaming the police because of what government officials have done uh, to completely, uh, n- maybe not defund completely the police, but com- com- completely uh, dismantle uh, the police and, and their effectiveness well, around the country. 
You know, and then I'll just add what an incredibly short memory the community has because, you know, just a few months ago after the massacres in Poway and in Pittsburgh and other anti-Jewish activities have been going on, you know, the Jewish communities around the country were praising the police and calling for closer cooperation between the community and the police, and rightly so, because Jewish institutions are under threat, not only from white nationalists, as we saw in Pittsburgh, but also from black anti-Semites, we saw on a daily basis in Borough Park in Williamsburg, and of course in Jersey City, so, you know, and, and Muncie, and so you're you're looking at uh, a sudden about face against their own physical security, which again is insane because obviously Nation of Islam, which is giving security to Black Lives Matter, is not going to be protecting Jewish institutions, Jewish schools, Jewish synagogues, Jewish businesses from their own people who are attacking them. So the idea that the Jews in the United States have any option other than to support law enforcement, which of course they should just on the moral grounds, um, is is crazy. I mean, it really is suicidal. It's suicidal on an institutional level, suicidal on a communal level, and it's suicidal on an individual level because people's lives really are at risk when you see that the community itself has been victimized by rabid anti-Semites and Semitism from both the left and the right over the past two years in a way that we really haven't seen in American history, at least not since World War II. Um, you know, you're, you're, it, it's stunning that anybody could be this crazy and this irresponsible towards their own communities. Uh, are we very lucky to have a very strong state of Israel right now, or even a very strong state of Israel could, God forbid, be negatively affected by a uh, misguided Democratic Party? Well, look, obviously, you know, if, if uh, Joe Biden wins, Israel is going to face the most anti-Semitic, not just anti-Israel, anti but really anti-Semitic when you look at the advisors that he's brought in uh, to be his presidential advisors, his campaign advisors on foreign policy. These are people who truly hate Israel and have said really disparaging things, many of them about American Jews who support Israel, especially APAC and others. So you're talking about, you know, an administration that's going to be far more hostile than Obama's, and Obama's was far more hostile than anything that anybody had ever seen before. So, you know, uh, Israel is going to be negatively impacted, but Israel can still defend itself because it's a nation state and it understands that it has interests. The problem that I'm becoming more and more concerned about with the American Jewish community is that increasingly leaders don't appear to think that American Jews have a right to criminal interests or that it's the responsibility to defend and protect those communal interests. Instead, they're surrendering communal interests and the very right to have communal interests in the hope of creating favor with people and forces in the Democratic Party that are increasingly openly hostile towards them. And that, to me, is a real problem. So, yes, Israel, you know, we, we survived Obama and will survive, uh, you know, other difficulties and political storms because we're a rational state at the end of the day. But um, I, I'm much less um, uh, I'm much less confident about the ability of the American Jewish community uh, to do that because they don't seem they seem to have lost many of the communal leaders 
many of them, an, in, an increasing and an increasing number and an increasing rate, seem to have lost the script. They seem to have forgotten that their job is first and foremost to protect their own community. Yeah. Uh, again, I think the media has uh, turned us into zombies on that issue, but I certainly agree with you on the criticism. I'll let you go in a second. Caroline Glick, are you aware of the uh, spike in interest in Aliyah from North America right now? I am. And look, you know, uh, look, I mean, come rain or come shine, I think that it's important for American Jews uh, to really think about Aliyah as an option. And I'll give you another reason that has nothing to do with anti-Semitism in America. I live in a fraud, and there are a lot of new Olim who live in a fraud. And they live in a fraud, you see these young uh, Jewish families with a lot of kids, because um, they can get a really fantastic Jewish education for their children, simply for free, because they're in public schools. And when you're looking at the price of Jewish day schools in the United States, you really have to be rich to have a large family and be able to send them to school. So I think, you know, there are many, many reasons to come to Israel. Zionism, first and foremost, and enjoying and being part of participating in the adventure of Jewish freedom in our in our homeland, which is extraordinary. I mean, it's the greatest trip of my life. But I think that, you know, uh, there are many other pressing economic concerns of American Jews uh, specifically that really can be remedied um, by making Aliyah. So anti-Semitism aside, come on Aliyah. You know, we're waiting, and uh, the more the merrier. <laughs> That's for sure. Caroline Glick, you can check out the article I referenced. Just search uh, The Silent American Jews. Why are American Jews refusing to stand up for themselves? Caroline, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. And let's let's all try to try to defend ourselves. It's very important. Yeah, amen. We're gonna to try to get that message across to everybody, especially to Jewish leadership. Caroline Glick, check it out. Uh check out her website and the brilliant articles that she writes. Monday morning broadcast. Plenty more coming up. Thanks for joining us, everybody. <sighs> yeah, a lot to consider there. A lot to consider. It is amazing when you put it in context. We made sure to align ourselves with the police forces again, rightfully so, after Jersey City and Pittsburgh and Poway and Williamsburg and Muncie and all these episodes that were happening, rightfully so. And now we are uh, seeing so many members of the Jewish community align themselves with a movement that is so completely against law enforcement and against government officials who want to help, who want to be there for uh, for those like us, upstanding citizens who are trying to conduct their lives properly. It really is amazing. Let's hope Jewish leadership wakes up. And uh, let's hope when it comes to the issues of uh, anti-Israel and anti-Semitism among those who are now being uh, elected to the United States Congress and other positions in government, let's hope that uh, there are some rational people who could take them on uh, at this point. Let's hope it's not too late. More coming up at JM in the AM. Oh. 
shine right. I won't give up. No, 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 no. Don't put me down for the way that I look, for what I wear. It's just this skin I bear. A time when all men and women will live as one, at least I do believe. So I don't give up, I let my love shine bright. Won't give up, no, 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 no. I won't give up, I let my love shine bright. Gets a little closer every day. May seem a million miles away, but it gets a little closer every day. Cham and the AM don't give up. That's Arye Kunstler. Important words for these times, that's for sure. Shei Bunna done by Ellie Marcus. You heard Yehuda with Tour Yisrael. Thanks for the reaction regarding uh, Caroline Glick. Uh, listener Adrian says Caroline Glick is a modern day hero. God bless her. Oh, yes. Mama Riva says, thank you for sharing Caroline Glick with us. I'll read the article ASAP. It's so important to discuss this. Thank you for keeping us informed. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, yes. There's a um, there's a topsy-turvy world out there. That's the only way to explain it. Uh, and uh, we have to hope that between our government officials and our law enforcement officials, Things can be set straight again. Who knows? Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Monday morning, JM in the AM. Those of you out there who have not yet uh, participated in our spring 2020 fundraiser, we ask you to do so. Um, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Participate in our fundraiser and help keep us going here on a daily basis. Again, that's fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Also, feel free to send in a donation. Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City. 
1002. Again, it's Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. Uh, but if you're in front of your computer and you have not yet given, please, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and there are options there. You'll see sponsorship opportunities where you can go ahead and sponsor part or all of a JMNAM broadcast or anything that we do here at the Nahum Siegel Network. <sighs> Camps are not open in New York State, at least, uh, well, I shouldn't put it that way. Some are open, but some have come up with clever ways to open, let's put it that way, to their credit. Um, Camp Missouri was supposed to have its first day today. Normally I'd be uh, driving with Gavri Siegel up to camp, but um, that didn't happen, as you know. The campus remains quiet. Um, they're, they're, they are about to implement their uh, Plan B and call it a vote to the the Katzes and everybody who's responsible for that at Camp Masora. Um, but so many, so many uh, campers are without camp this summer because of the ill-advised policy of the governor of the state of New York. We've, we've now for 18 straight days invited the governor on to talk about this and to just have, it ex- have him explain it to the community. We, we even gave him the questions in advance, which is really unprecedented. <laughs> We gave him the questions in advance in the op-ed that I wrote. But uh, so far, nothing. We'll see what happens. But uh, at the moment, our plea has fallen on deaf ears, unfortunately. We shall see what happens. According to the New York Post, 272 uniformed NYPD police officers have filed for retirement in the last three weeks. Wow. Wow. Pat Lynch, who leads the Police Benevolent Association, said that cops are at their breaking point, whether they have 20 years on the job or just two years on the job. We are all asking the same question. How can we keep doing our job in this environment? And that's exactly what the anti-cop crowd wants. If we have no cops because no one wants to be a cop, they'll have achieved their ultimate goal. Wow. So true. So true. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. JM in the AM Monday. Uh, well, we did this earlier in the show. I want to do it again because um, we like doing things like this. Great brand new music from a good friend of ours, in this case, Shlomo Katz. Uh, we'll do it twice. Why not? Uh, Shlomo Katz has uh, made a commitment to release 40 songs in honor of his 40th birthday. This brand new one is called Toda. It's song number two on the list at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. brand new Shlomo Katz song is called Toda. 
Monday morning. I remind you that uh, when you support us here at the Nahum Siegel Network, you're supporting all of our great programming. I say that now as Mayor Weingarten is being introduced because so many people who contribute to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, point out that they love the Israel show every single Monday starting at 9 a.m. So all we ask is that during this fundraiser, you keep us going by giving at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Do your best to uh, support us so we can keep on going, as I've outlined numerous times over the last three months. The majority of our uh, regular revenue streams are gone. Goodbye. And um, we need your help as much as possible to make this fundraiser a big success. That's why it just keeps going until we have what we need. So please, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, be as generous as you can. And I thank everybody who's already contributed. Uh, Today, it's another live edition of the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten, and there's an important yard site to commemorate. Leave it to him to remember and to uh, make sure that we and he uh, commemorate it. Um, And I want to thank Mayor Weingarten. He sat in Thursday as my uh, elbow is being taken apart uh, here at JM&AM, and I thank him for that. Mar Weingarten, Todarabon Boker Toe from all of us here at JM in the AM. Mar Segal Halevi. I forgot about the new moniker. <laughs> you forgot about it. It'll, it'll take a few weeks. It'll catch on. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm, I, I, you said that they were taking your elbow apart, and I assumed they were also putting it back together. Yes. At some point, I'm told, they, some... actually, they actually spent some time putting it back together. And apparently... <laughs> And apparently sometime at the end of next week, it's going to look like it was actually put back together. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, we live in crazy times, but also miraculous times. That, they, that, that such a thing is possible to do, to take apart your... Oh, no your, qu- uh, you are making uh, You are making such an important point. No question about it. Uh, and also, thank God, when I have to uh, be on the uh, surgeon's table, uh, thank God we have uh, able-bodied people who can replace me. So thank you for being here on Thursday. <laughs> Me and my elbow were here. <laughs> yes, you. You. I'm told you had two working elbows during the show. I, 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 I did. Otherwise, could I fill in? I don't could know. I, my gosh, I'll I, tell you. I, I, I can't I, substitute hosts. <laughs> I have only one good. I'm used. I'm used to doing the show with about 1.5 elbows, and you and you went with the full complement. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do the show with, uh, in general, a selection of body parts, <laughs> a leg, a foot, you know. No, no. Always something going on. What can I tell you? Anyway, Mar Weingarten, anyway. uh, today is an important yard site, and uh, let's leave it to you, of course, for not only reminding us, but making sure that the Israel show would be dedicated to this unique person. Uh, what could you tell us about today's show? Naomi Shemer, one of... I mean, if you know anything about Israeli culture, Israeli music, then you know Naomi Shemer. If you've ever heard Yushalayim Shel Zahav, you've heard her music and her amazing lyrics. And there's so many classics, and Shufchimaoz, uh, and Machar, and, uh, and you know, just endless, goes on and on. And the songs that she wrote and have become part of Israel, Israeli society in general. So we will commemorate her today, actually today, Zion Tammuz. It's her 16th yard site. And we'll commemorate by playing her music, but also because she was, even though she was, she considered herself a secular Jew, 
she was so tied into our sources, going back to Tanakh and Chazal and and the poems of Yehuda Halevi, and it's just amazing. And it's all woven into her songs. So we're going to focus on a few of the lesser-known songs and and their connection to the Mikorot, uh, which is just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And and I, I was telling you just before we got on the air, we were talking about the craziness of the times we live in. Yeah. And um, I said to you that there's a Pasuk in Ishayahu, which I was quoting, right. and I forgot it. So I, so I looked it up, and it, it has a connection also to Nomi Shemer, so I will share it with you. It's in Ishayahu, hey, Pasuk Chaf. It says, hoi, hoi, like oi, ha-omrim la-ratov v'latov ra, samim choshech le-or, v'or le-choshech, samim mar le-matok u-matok le-mar. Everything is upside down. I do a society that calls evil good and good evil, who presents darkness as light and light as darkness, who presents bitter as sweet and sweet as bitter. And the connection, well, the connection to our time, is, I think, is very obvious. I think we're living in a time when this, this uh, uh, prophecy is, is so obvious and open and, and taking place. But the connection to Nomi Shemer is at the end, I believe this is where she took the phrase, in Al-Kol Eile, Al-Hamar V'Hamatok, right? So it's Samim Mar L'Matok U'Matok L'Mar. So I think this is where she got that phraseology, so to speak. Do you mind if I play that now in her memory, or will that uh, alter the... Uh, the, the no, is... no, no, you're more than welcome to play that. Uh, I actually played a version of it on Thursday. I played a few songs. On, on when was it Thursday? <laughs> yeah, it was Thursday. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You can play that because it's not on my playlist for today. I'm playing some of the lesser known uh, Naomi Shemer songs. The Israel Show today, concentrating on the music of Naomi Shemer. Her yard site today, the seventh of Tammuz. Uh, tune in right after JM in the AM for the Israel Show at NahumSiegel.com, and of course on the NSN app. Plus, you want to make sure to like the Israel Show Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash The Israel Show. Mar Weingarten Todaraba. Matok Segal. It's our Mar Weingart, and you're Matok Segal. <laughs> Very good. Boy, I'll tell you, you keep outdoing me in this competition. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see this in the competition anywhere. <laughs> oh, I do. But, i, I got to come up with uh, some good stuff now. <laughs> um, you've been coming up with good stuff for coming on 40 years, right? <laughs> I, I hope so. It sounds like I'm losing it now, but all right. <laughs> No, I don't know. <laughs> if I'm going to lo- lose the competition, let it be to you. Uh, good luck today with the Israel Show in Todaraba. Thank you very much. There he is, uh, Mar Weingarten, uh, with the uh, Israel Show coming up next right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Yes, 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 it's almost July. It's almost the, the quote-unquote dog days of summer in a year of 2020 isolation and COVID and all that. And yet, Baruch Hashem, we're able to provide amazing programming and inspiring hours upon hours upon hours for our wonderful listeners around the world. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Uh, well, Mayor mentioned Naomi Shemer, of course. Here she is at JM in the AM. Oh, 
I like when mommy bakes the challah and the cake. Sometimes I get to lick the spoon. I can get up and stand if someone holds my hand, then I can walk along my way. I like to talk to you, and when you listen to whatever I have got to say, we can all sing. We can all. Sometimes I fall and then I get back up again. Nobody's perfect all the time. I like when people see the good I have in me. We all can give it our own way. Give it our own way. Let's spread the love around. Our differences don't count. Let's make the world a better place. We can all sing. We can all sing. We can all.
J.M. in the A.M. Uh, Biyacha, that's of course uh, Mordechai Shapiro. Before that, Naomi Shemer. Today is her uh, yard site, and uh, Mayor Weingarten will be featuring a whole bunch of her great selections uh, coming up on the Israel Show. That's coming up next, right here at uh, the Nahum Siegel Network. I want to thank everybody for a lot of comments on the app today. A lot of great comments on the app today. Thank you very much. Wow. We had that uh, that comment from Paris overnight. And uh, since then, we've had uh, 16 comments on the app during JM and the AM. A lot about the Caroline Glick and a lot about about um, Lamdenu. A big thank you to our guests this morning here at JM and the AM. You missed anything, of course, there's an archive section. Don't forget. It's an amazing way to catch up on what you may have missed. <laughs> it really is actually a good way to catch up on what you missed. That I could tell you. Uh, coming up, Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show, then Yoni Pollock, and after further review, uh, at 11 a.m., Jake Novak. A lot of people anxious to hear what Jake has to say regarding... Uh, the world today and Novak now is a wonderful opportunity to do just that. Um, so you'll hear Jake Novak now um, coming up between 11 a.m. and 11.30 right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world. The web at AlchemySingle.com and AlchemySingle. Then we're going to go to the beloved NSN app. Don't forget to support us if you have not yet given a donation to our 2020 fundraiser. Please, please, please support us generously. FJBUnity.org. FJBUnity.org. And we thank you in advance. FJBUnity.org. Tomorrow morning, plenty more between 6 and 9 a.m. Mayor Weingarten is next with the Israel Show after further review at 10, 11 o'clock for Novak Now. Great music all day on the Nahum Siegel Network. Have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future. Yeah.